from the Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. All right. Everyone's favorite part of church, me talking, I know. All right. Well, we are, we are um, wrapping up our series as of today um, called We Are. And um, it's important, the reason that we do this in January, I think it's important that we continually um, come in, like, what's the word, uh, that we clarify who we are. It is really easy as an individual, especially around this time, of, like, um, setting goals and you're thinking through, like, hey, I want to be physically or emotionally or financially or professionally I'm here and I want to get there. The only way you get there is if you can define what it is you want to hit, right? And I think as an individual or as an organization, as a church, sometimes you can get, um, you can get like, mission drift, Right, because you're just you're like, oh, I want to be this kind of person. You're like, I'm gonna do it. Well, then you like hit the weeds of real life, of paying bills, of it being dark outside, of it being like negative 100, and you're like, I don't want to do anything. And it's easy then just kind of like drift off path. And I think, especially as churches, um, I happen to be in the profession, and it is easy to say we want to be this kind of community, but you let other um, instances or culture or the demands of what's happening in your neighborhood, and none of these are bad, by the way, um, can then like move you to center on that, which might be important. But again, you have to take time and clarify, well, who do we want to be? Because if you're saying we want to be like um, a progressive community, then you can like actually evaluate if this is who we want to be, are we actually that? So every couple of years we hit um, some sort of series about our values, which are located over there. Um, and like who we, who we want to be as a church. We, a couple weeks ago we did we're a progressive community, which means that we are forward-facing to new um, experiences, to new ways of thinking about science or spirituality, and those are not a threat to one another. We are open to new um, ways of expressing values. So like the, 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 uh, the future is not scary because we have faith over fear, right? And how that's going to look could look different ways in 10 years from today. We talked about how we're an inclusive community, an inclusive community means that we're going to put time, energy, and money into um, making the, the neighborhood church as accessible to as many people as possible. So the way we have policies, the way we have our bylaws, the way that we have representation on stage, the way that we um, use our money, like in our budget, the way that we do student ministries, the way we use our curriculum and neighborhood kids. We want to put as much energy to include as many people instead of like focusing on who we want to exclude, which is really, really easy, right? You can say, I don't want those, I don't want those, I don't want those. And we're willing to um, learn and evolve and grow and include. And so if you didn't hear that one, that's how we, I tell a little bit of our story of how we became um, uh, an inclusive or affirming church to the LGBTQI plus um, community. Today, we're talking about, Danielle, your favorite subject of that we are a Jesus-looking community. I know, you're like, whoa, I never thought about that. A Christian church that wants to look like Jesus? And if you went to 10 churches in this or whatever area you're in and you knocked on their door 
and someone answered, and you're like, hey, w- would you consider yourself a Jesus-centered community, a Jesus-looking community? You're going to hear yes 10 times, all right? And I, I would say most churches, and this is not a shot at other churches, right? Um, we would say that we want to, but then can we actually evaluate, do we actually embody and look like the person of Jesus? Because I know uh, a, a, couple, a couple of churches or a couple of people that say they want to be Jesus-looking, but they're more Paul-looking. They're more Paul-centered than they are Jesus-centered. That's a joke at the Baptist. So um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I said that out loud, but uh, I was thinking it. And so to, to, to emulate something, you have to some working idea of um, what that person is of what they value, of what they love, of what drives them, of what kind of education they had, of, um, of what are their, their, their successes, what are their faults, right? You have to have some working idea if you want to emulate someone. Like me, I um, love basketball. It was actually our 25th anniversary of when we went to state in 1998. No big deal. No big deal. We lost by 25. No big deal. <laughs> um, but I love basketball, and so when I was a kid, I'd watch um, NBA Jam, right? That's what it was called, Dietrich Winter, right? Or is it Inside Stuff? Inside Stuff, yeah. Um, and I'd watch it, and there'd be Michael Jordan and, and Charles Barkley, and they'd be like dunking, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be just like Michael Jordan. So I'd go out, and I'd put a ladder in front, like in, on the driveway, and I'd, you know, dribble like Michael Jordan, and I couldn't dunk, and the next coolest thing to dunk is like a left-hand reverse layup, right? That is like, for people who can't dunk, that's dunking. And, um, and I would try to be like Michael Jordan, and what would Michael Jordan do when he'd go up to dunk? My, Michael Jordan, right? That's, that's, that's it. But I tried, right? This is what it means to be Jesus-looking, is we have to have some working knowledge of who the Christ is. What drove Jesus? What did Jesus love? How did Jesus rest? What got Jesus, like, all worked up, right? What did Jesus uh, do to take care of himself, well, like, what kind of people did Jesus choose? What things did Jesus tolerate or not tolerate? Right? Yeah, thumbs down on my message already. <laughs> I see. This is what I need. More honesty in my life, right? That's very Jesus-looking. And it, here's why. Because it is easy for us to say, of course I want to be Jesus-looking. But it's easy for us to go to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, how about this? How about today you kind of look like me? And you put on, like, what I want to wear and what drives me and what suits me because, you know, I'm a pretty great person, right? And we do that because our ego demands it. Our ego says, like, wow, you're amazing, and those people don't deserve you, right? And, yes, you can, the amount of, that we can tolerate of things inside of ourselves, our ego says, you're fine, you're good, ignore that. Red flag, that's not a red flag, that's more pink, right? And you can just go right through it because your ego wants to feed itself. And so when we do that, we take the Lord's name in vain. Because with my siblings yesterday, we had this whole conversation of taking Lord's name in vain. Is that a biblical idea or is that like a family value, right? Because taking the Lord's name in vain, I am sorry to those of you, according to the Hebrew Bible, um, is not stubbing your toe and saying God and another word after that, right? That is not taking Lord's name in vain. Taking the Lord's name in vain is operating or behaving in a way that you'd say, of course God wants me to do this. That clearly is not God of trying to justify dehumanizing someone, uh, trying to justify of moving in the name of God by taking advantage of other people to to serve your own pleasure, your own needs. 